Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned in to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, March the 10th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little about, about my co-host. <laughs> she has no time for nattering nabobs of negativity. She's always looking super duper in her mini Cooper. She is the Khaleesi of Leslieville. She is <laughs> Natasha Biazzi. How you doing, Natasha? And thank you for filling in for the She-Devil. I have waited my whole life for this moment, David Menzies. <laughs> I am so excited to be hosting this live stream with you. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is our daily live stream. It happens every day at 12 p.m. We're currently streaming on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Super U, and Getter. If we say something a little too spicy, we may have to get off YouTube. So uh, make sure you move to another platform. If yeah. that happens, we'll let you know. And we also will be accepting your chats through uh, throughout the show, but we usually read them at the end so be sure to get those in and we'd love to read your comments questions live how you doing i see a bright light have we gone oh, to heaven did I we think so did we we look great go to the great hereafter did, was there something in our morning oatmeal that uh made us go on the deceased list uh, or is it just a studio light? i think it's a studio light. i, I think goodness. it's the latter yeah <laughs> well folks before and by the way i want to thank you for filling in for the she devil with a sword uh, Big shoes to Sheila gun reed is busy in alberta with a special assignment and couldn't be with us today but she's not taking the day off she never takes a day off oh no that's what makes her the she-devil with a sword. Amazing. Before we get into the um, meat of the matter, folks, and wow, there are some real great topics here, big list, um, we have a sponsor. Look at this little guy. Looks like a Canadian passport, doesn't it? Folks, do you know your rights? Do you know they're being eroded? Canadians may know the national anthem. Not me, Natasha. They keep changing the lyrics. <laughs> and stand in silence to remember those who died for this country. But many don't know their fundamental rights and freedoms. The Freedom Passport is a convenient aid to keep you aware of your rights and to encourage others to know them. Resembling a Canadian passport, it contains the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in an easy-to-read format. The protections in our charter include your beliefs and opinions and your expression of them, your right of assembly and freedom of the press. You're entitled to criticize our government and offer solutions to our social problems. We at Freedom Passport want you, the bearer, to enjoy the freedoms many Canadians fought and died for. Those freedoms protect your ability to pass freely, without delay or hindrance, when stopped or confronted without reason. You can refer to this pocket-sized guide anytime your liberties are challenged. Visit our website for additional information and order a freedom passport for yourself and all the freedom lovers you love. Go to freedompassport.ca. That's freedompassport.ca. And wow, it does really resemble uh, a Canadian passport, it's Natasha. It's good quality. A, a, a very good quality. It, it's got um, the rights and freedoms here. It's, it's good got to know those. Democratic rights, mobility rights. Um, I'm going to channel Ed McMahon now from mm -hmm. the uh, Tonight Show. Mm -hmm. Natasha, I would hazard a guess that everything you need to know about your rights 
is in this passport. <laughs> well, I'm sold. I'm going to buy one after the show. <laughs> so. Me too. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just uh, do the old uh, five-finger oh, discount and, you saw and it take here it first, away. folks. <laughs> you know, but what a great idea this yeah, is. Yeah, it is a great idea. Uh, you know, because, you know, it does fit in your breast pocket, um, and it's got, you know, all the things you need to know, and more so than ever, folks, because when we see things like what Lincoln and I discovered in Ottawa a few weeks ago with the Checkpoint Charlies uh, questioning us for our papers, um, that it wasn't good enough to show a hotel reservation. They had mm -hmm. to phone the front desk. Um, when we see, what, what else have we seen? Oh, the uh, allegedly F Trudeau, and it's not even the full printed out F-bomb, folks. That is now um, flag non grata on Parliament Hill, according to the Parliamentary uh, Protection Service. By the way, those cops are usually quite good. I, I've had good experiences with those guys. Mm -hmm. And this is not a law, Natasha. As I understand it, it's a memo, and now a memo is being enforced by police. I think that's why you need this. Yeah. To, to, you know, to find out who's who in the zoo, so to speak, and to read the riot act to the people who are allegedly reading you the riot act. What do you think about that? I think you're right. And I think a lot of people don't actually have a full understanding of their rights. And I think to have this compact little booklet, or you can download the app as well. I think it's, it's fruitful to know, especially in these weird and confusing times. Indeed, you know, because our rights and freedoms still matter mm -hmm. and they matter greatly. Now, we have so many uh, subjects to get to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, why, why don't we, you know, uh, we're in Ontario. I don't want to make this an Ontario centric uh, show, folks, but we are moving towards um, a, a benchmark date, I think, mm -hmm. uh, Natasha, in terms of the pandemic, and that is. Um, the mask mandate is 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 finally going to be lifted now yeah. on March first. Oh, by the way, that's March twenty first for the mask on March first, because the the pandemic has a very busy schedule. We have to inform yes. it of the new rules. Um, on vacation now, though. I, I understand. Yeah. Well, March break is coming up. Yeah, so, you going know, to Miami. <laughs> going to Miami and going to be a super spreader there, just <laughs> like it was a super spreader for the uh, Super Bowl participants in SoFi Stadium last. month month. Not. I, I heard that. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't heard anything about Los Angeles no. uh, having an outrageous outbreak. But here's the thing. On March 1st, folks, the um, Vax Pass was lifted. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, we heard that certain folks who presumably have been hammered by the Vax Pass. I'm talking about gyms, Natasha, yep. restaurants, cinemas, arenas. Yeah. Well, they like the idea of enslavement. Uh, they, and, and I speak of our visit. Mauricio and I went to um, a diner called the Times Square Diner. Love the retro theme of the diner. I heard the food is fantastic. It's probably the best Western in uh, the city of Toronto. But you know what, folks? I'm going to have to take the rumors uh, for face value because as we found out, we weren't allowed in to dine um, because we're still part of the deplorables. And yet this is not the province. This is not the city making the Times Square diner mm -hmm. request a Vax passport. They've taken it on upon themselves. Let's throw to some video and you'll see what I'm talking about, folks. Olivia is going to search for that video. By the way, while she is. Yeah. What is your policy, um, Natasha? 
Because here's my deal. Mm -hmm. If you are a business and you are insisting on vaccination passports and come post-February 21st, um, the face diaper, (laughs) I'm simply, you know what? You're not the only game in town. You're not a monopoly. I'm simply not going to patronize you. Yeah. No, I I think that's it's interesting um, that these places are taking it into their own hands. I do think that's kind of scary because like Doug Ford did this on purpose. He was like, it's your choice because he doesn't want to be held accountable for this. And that's what scares me and susses me out about it, because it's like you're literally doing this willingly. You're willingly discriminating. And yet so many of these restaurants and establishments have these like flags in their window. They're we won't discriminate flags and stuff. And it's like, but you are you still are. And I, I guess they just don't want the business that you'd think that these businesses who've been struggling for years would want everyone to be allowed in. You know, that's an excellent point. At the Times Square Diner, the prominent flag in the window is the rainbow LGBTQ plus. Right. plus I, I don't know how many uh, letters are the in whole that alphabet. Yeah. The whole alphabet, David. And sometimes Y. Yeah. And that's in the window. Yeah. Ostensibly, I think, meaning that if you're a member of that community, you are welcome. Mm-hmm. And the restaurateur no said that reason. all are welcome. Well, not so much uh, so. And by the way, speaking of Doug Ford, he was asked at a presser today, uh, Natasha, that when when the mask mandate uh, is lifted, are you still going to wear the mask? And again, he's not Ford Classic anymore, folks. He's a politician because what he said was that, well, when I go to visit my mother-in-law in long-term care, uh, you betcha I'm wearing my mask. But but that's part of the law still. There were certain health care, long-term care, public transit. They will still be holding to the mask mandate. So, Natasha, the question really was, if you go to a restaurant, if you go to a shopping mall, an arena, are you going to wear a mask? And he didn't answer that. Right. Well, and I, I don't think he would. I don't think he wants to. Oh. I mean, who really wants to wear one? I, I, guess, I mean, it's interesting. I, maybe he still wants the theatrics of it all to make it look like he's doing his part. But it's, it's, a, little, it's a little weird. It's so uh, disappointing. It and is disappointing. One thing we have learned for sure, Natasha, is that Doug Ford is not Rob Ford, not by a country mile. Anyways, I think we might have that video to uh, our our, uh, little visit to the Times Square Diner in Toronto. Even Menzies for Rebel News here in Toronto. Well, folks, on Tuesday, March the 1st, guess what? The Vax Pass requirement in the province of Ontario, it was shown the door and not a moment too soon. So you can go into theaters and gyms and restaurants without having to show proof of vaccination but then we heard that oh well guess what i guess toronto being toronto there are still some restaurants and other facilities that are requiring the vaccination passport even though the province says there's no reason to do so well we found this incredible to say the least and we heard that one of the restaurants requiring this is the one right behind me the times square diner Uh, I've heard they got great food, a wonderful ambience, but surely they are not all about still demanding your papers, given that the government no longer requires them to do so. And especially since we all know how the food service sector has been hammered these last two years with all these forced lockdowns. Surely they would welcome all customers. Well, let's go pay a visit, see what happens. Hey, how you doing there? Oh, the what, sorry? The oh, you don't know, uh, it, it ended on uh, no, Tuesday. No, but we're still honoring it. 
you're still... It's still good to see it. It depends on businesses. So right now, as of now, we're still doing it. Okay, then I, I thought um, I no, thought it ended. Why? I'm just curious if the, if the chief medical officer uh, says it's not needed anymore. Why would a, a restaurant need to see it? Oh, okay. Yeah, hi, sir. I, I um, the lady was asking for the the vax pass, but I thought that ended on Tuesday. And then on Tuesday? Not here. Not in the restaurant. Not in the restaurant. Not in our restaurant. Wow. Are you covering your nose with your mask? Oh, are you really that afraid? Or? Am I that afraid? <laughs> Cheeky. So it. Uh, I'm just wondering if the chief medical health officer says they're not needed, why would you know, restaurant employees require this, sir. <laughs> restaurant employees require that I have a, uh, a VAX passport because the, the province ended it, right? The province, yeah, they end a lot of things. But in a private business, we decided to continue checking. Our customers okay. feel safer with it in place. Can I ask why you're coming here and recording? Well, I just want to get a bit of bacon, have a bowl of soup, and uh, I didn't know there was like medical apartheid. Yeah, so you're still reporting. Yeah. yeah. So, but can you explain why there's, I thought the restaurant sector was. Are you going to show us your QR code and to dine in or do you like takeout? We would rather dine in because we thought the QR codes ended on, did they even end on uh, so it's under only the establishment. It's still reporting. Okay. Yeah, I'd rather, rather you not record me without my permission. Oh, okay. If you do record someone, you should let them know that you are recording. Sure, but like you're you're not letting us into dine when it's no longer a provincial law to have a QR code. You can have whatever you like. You set up a table for you outside. You can dine outside. We don't refuse any service at all to anybody. But you are refusing service. No, <laughs> I'm not refusing service. I am saying to you, we can still serve you. You have to take it to go or sit outside. And Okay, so you want us to sit outside and it's like minus 13 with the windshield. It's up to you. You can take it home. You can eat in the car. Okay. You can do it. But to dine inside in this restaurant, for the time being, you must show up. Oh, you know, that's a good point. When does this end, sir? I don't know. So maybe this is the policy forever then that you need a QR code? Okay, then. For the time being, we're speaking about today. But you know, once upon a time, it was illegal to ask for. Oh, you're so. You know, it doesn't work with a beard. You know, the mask. Sir, <laughs> sir, I don't mean to be. Yeah. Rude to you, and I don't want to be. I'm asking you politely. Please, I'm sure to QR code. We have homemade juice. We have nice sandwiches. You can stay in it. Don't have it. But but would you exclude somebody based on race or religion? Cover your nose. Oh, it's a big nose. It keeps sliding down. It's a good nose. Well, thank you. I don't get many compliments on it. What about the mask rule is coming? Oh man. 
Wow, so much to digest uh, there, uh, but to cut to the chase, folks, to quote a certain infamous Seinfeld character, <laughs> no soup for you oh. at the Times Square <laughs> Diner. I mean, my goodness gracious, uh, the irony is staggering, I think. Um, you know, they were a little perturbed that we were filming. Uh, they thought that was a violation of their privacy, yeah. and yet they're asking <laughs> me to provide medical history when they are no longer obligated to do so by the chief medical health officer. What's your take on this, Natasha? Well, first of all, talk about being on the wrong side of history. Like, <laughs> yeah. one, they're going to look back on this, and they will regret this. Like, you're turning away a willing customer. Yeah. They like your nose. They like your vibe. Like, why? <laughs> what, what's wrong with you, you know? I, I just, I'm appalled that people are... Like that they think this is okay because I just don't understand how you could justify it, especially with that big rainbow flag in your window. I really don't get it. Yeah, we're all about inclusion at yeah. the Times Square Diner, but well, not really. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I bet those cats at the Times Square Diner, they know how to make a mean club sandwich and a mm. great bowl of homemade soup. <laughs> but what makes them think they have a degree in virology that they know more than the chief medical health officer Natasha, we've been told since day one of this pandemic, we're following the science. Yeah. And that was in contact with locking you down, having your job lost if you didn't get double vax, et cetera. And now that the science from our chief medical health officer says, you know what? It's okay. Uh, we've weathered the storm. We can sail on in clear uh, skies. These guys are still demanding this. I Why? I don't know. I mean, my husband called a music venue at uh, Queen and Spadina recently because he wanted to go see a band play this weekend. And when he called, um, because he had heard that they were requiring proof of vaccination, and he asked them and they said, we're just not ready. But when will you be ready? You've had two <laughs> years to prepare for this. Like, when will you be ready? Well, that is the question. Uh, they're not ready. And what gives them the scientific basis? I bet you they know uh, how to set up amplifiers and uh, provide electric guitars yeah. and what have you. I bet they're experts at that. Make a mean rum and coke, I'm sure. Absolutely. You know? But what makes them think they're uh, virologists, you know, that they're COVID-19 experts? Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. By the way, the, you know, and, and when you talk about the science, uh, you know, several times I was told to put my <laughs> mask up. You saw the waitress. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed that, folks, with the uh, mask uh, below her nose. And by the way, what a, what a rude greeting that was. The moment Maurizio and I walked into the diner, your papers, please, your yeah. QR code. Uh, not, hey, folks, how you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, and and the other thing, it, these masks we've been told, this seems to have been forgotten. It doesn't really work when you have a beard. It doesn't work, period, because they are, by definition, non-medical masks. And um, right. uh, there was one other. Oh, yeah. If you go to the full video, uh, folks, as we're exiting the restaurant, I'm making my final comments. They're oh, filming yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, they're filming me now. That, and I don't mind. Um, yeah. And by the way, the offer was rescinded. They said they would set up a table outside the restaurant. Oh, how nice. Yeah, and it was minus 13 oh, with the wind chill that day, folks. You know, what wonderful service. ambience. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Keep the hot chocolate flowing. I'm freezing here. And then he rescinded that offer. Oh. And he didn't give me an explanation why. I guess I asked too many prickly questions. But there was a, a friend of his came. He was walking a dog. I don't know if he brought the dog into the restaurant later. It certainly wasn't oh, a no. service dog. Oh, no. But he, <laughs> Natasha, had his mask below his nose. And I said, oh, by the way, sir, they're very serious about the masking. Uh, but there he is. 
uh, and I informed him that he better put the no- the mask up over his nose. And he said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, so they're picking and choosing oh my goodness. when and where to, uh, to um, you know, enforce these crazy rules. You know, I, I was reading through some of the comments and there was a commentator that said, this is kind of akin to, you know, the end of segregation in the Deep South. And it's the 1960s. And a, a, a black person goes to a diner in, say, Mississippi. And uh, the restaurateur says, uh, we don't uh, serve your kind here. And he says, but segregation is over. And the restaurateur then says, not at this diner. Oh. <laughs> it's the same thing, uh, not based on race, of course, but based on back status. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, um, I don't wish this restaurant any ill will, but I'll say this. There are literally thousands of restaurants in Toronto. I'll go to places that welcome me yeah. as a full citizen and not one of the um, deplorables, the filthy unwashed masses, because that was the vibe I was getting at the Times Square Diner. And how dehumanizing. Oh, yeah. How dehumanizing. Um, and I think, I mean, I mean, it's important to note, a lot of people didn't just not choose to take the vaccine. A lot of people physically could not, too. So what about those people? Like, where where's the love for them? Why are we not extending a, our kindness to those people? Like, they don't have a physical choice either. And not that that should matter, you know, but to an extent, it's like, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, and you can't, you know, fall back on... I'm just following orders, i.e. from the provincial government or the chief medical health officer. That card is gone. And and to go back to what you said earlier, Natasha, I think that was really cowardly of Ford in a way. It was. We're going to... we don't want to be the heavy anymore. You're going to be the heavy. Mm -hmm. And uh, this just further fuels Divide. the division yeah. Yeah, in society. Yeah, it's, it's such a divisive thing. And I, it, that's what governments do, though. They've done it throughout history, right? This whole divide and conquer. And it seems to have really worked. I mean, we're seeing it, especially now that the mandates have lifted, just how divided we still are. 100%. It's, it's sad. And I hope it can be remedied. But I'm I'm not I'm not so optimistic. Yeah. Um, and here's, you know, the elephant in the room, I guess, is do you think and I don't have an answer to this. I'm 50-50. Will there be a time in the weeks and months, maybe even years ahead, where uh, there's a presser down at Queen's Park and, uh, well, you know what, folks, if it was up to me, mm-hmm. well, it is up to you, Doug, uh, I wouldn't lock you down. Do you think that could, as things are slowly starting to open, Natasha, do you think there could be another lockdown if case uh, counts spike? I do. I think that Teresa Tam has even predicted in the fall, <laughs> come fall, that a lot of these mandates and restrictions will be implemented once more. So stay tuned for that, y'all. Enjoy your freedom while you still have it. Um, but I, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. They know that we'll oblige. They know we'll comply. Yeah. Like we've we've kind of failed ourselves in that regard. Wow, unbelievable! So maybe we're not out of the woods yet, folks. By the way, whose voice annoys you more, Doctor <laughs> Tam or Prime Minister Trudeau? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I know. I, I I think Trudeau because yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What about you? I think you he, his voice is just ugh. It, it's too many ums and ahs yeah. with Trudeau. Um, unless he's talking about something he really likes, like um, drama, marijuana, or yeah, marijuana. <laughs> Oh, that, then he's an orador yeah. uh, on the level of uh, Sir Winston Churchill. But uh, uh, that monotone 
of Dr. Tam and that weird accent. The accent, accent it, does, it does throw you. Oh, you yes. know, and it's almost like speaking to Alexa on, uh, you know, Apple. I mean, it, it doesn't, it seems like a synthesized voice. That's just me, but uh, I digress. Well, um, so many topics here, uh, Natasha, since you're the co-host, what do you want to talk about next? What uh, gets your goat? Well, this is something that we kind of were briefly talking about, but there was an article about how um, it's how the pandemic brought the worst in people. I think that's really interesting. Um, and then maybe talking about how to mask in a maskless world. I think that'll be fun because <laughs> some restaurants are going to, uh, as we've seen, are implementing the vax mandate, but some people are still going to choose to mask despite yes. those uh, those restrictions um, being erased. So that's interesting. So maybe we talk about this. What do you think? Uh, oh, 100%. And I think, here's my take, Natasha, that especially after the mask mandates have gone the way of the dinosaur, if you're still wearing a mask uh, when you're no longer obliged to do so, either by the government or a private business, um, I think this is less about health. This is less about you preventing yourself from getting infected and more about symbolism. Mm -hmm. Much like, you know, a Muslim woman would wear a hijab, a, a Christian woman would wear a cross, right? A Sikh would wear a turban. It's the religion you, of COVID. Yeah. yeah. And what you're advertising, I think, is I dig big government. Yeah. I dig lockdowns. I dig being told what to do. And you know what? The demographic that I see most prevalent in buying into this, inexplicably, I think, is the younger people, yeah. you know, on campus. You know, half a century ago, they were out there against the man. They were protesting the Vietnam War, for mm -hmm. example. They were protesting for civil rights. I guess all those battles have been fought and won, but inexplicably, they're on side with the man who mm -hmm. they used to give their middle finger to. What happened? Is this, Natasha, just pure indoctrination? Yeah, I really think so. I think that it, it's part of it is because our society is so into conformity. No one wants to swim upstream with the pressures of social media, with the pressures of the mainstream media, uh, Hollywood even, like they're all, they're all pushing this one kind of compliant narrative. And I think kids are scared, young people are scared to stand out of the crowd now because there's so much canceling and doxing that comes as a result. So I do think that's part of it. And that isn't an excuse, but you know, social media, it's tough to navigate as a young person. 100%. You know, I mean, if you are looking for reading material, folks, uh, please read Mark Levin's American Marxism. Uh, I guess in Canada, it would be called Canadian Marxism. That's what it is, mm -hmm. as, as Natasha referred to. Um, all f facets of society, Hollywood, professional sports, the education system, yeah. the justice system, schools, academia, they are all going down this line. And uh, as I said to Shelley the other day, the feeling, I think, is that whether you're a advertising agency on uh, Madison Avenue selling beer or a Marxist selling ideology, get them young, get yeah. them forever. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, there's the book. There we go. Yes. Probably get that on Amazon. I'll buy it today <laughs> after I buy my Freedom Pass. <laughs> yeah, get it on Amazon before Amazon determines uh, that is uh, reading material non grata. And uh, it, it is absolutely excellent. Mark Levin, uh, a true scholar for our times. And that book is chilling. And I like, I like that term uh, that he's trying to popularize. It's, I don't think far left is good enough anymore. I don't think progressive is good enough anymore. 
I think we should call people in America that buy into Marxism as American Marxists yeah. and, and in Canada, Canadian Marxists, that's what they are. No, it's true. Call a spade a spade. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. A hundred percent. And um, now we are moving right along. Uh, by the way, uh, we do we have a system set up? Because this is usually Sheila's uh, bailiwick for Super Chats. I think typically uh, we just read those at the end. Um, and I think they come up on the teleprompter here, but you guys should send them throughout the show because uh, we will happily read them when we round the show out at the end here. Um, is that typically your process, David? Yeah, I think Sheila has some sort of device. You see, I am unfrozen caveman journalist, folks. The fast moving cars and tall buildings frighten and confuse me. So I need the intellectual uh, <laughs> journalist here at Rebel News to figure out a way to re read those chats. You know, she's not just a pretty face. Oh, see, oh, we well, have there you go. We have okay. enough on the screen. Well, fire away, because I know Mr. Producer Efren, he likes uh, a new system where every 15 minutes we Ooh, read the Super Chats. That's a and great idea. Traffic and weather on the ones. <laughs> no, that's another radio station. Anyways, you fire away. Oh, sure. So this is from Twinks. Thank you for your $2 donation. It's not the restaurants that are the problem with leaving it up to businesses. It's the factories and other employers who are still pushing no jab, no job. Yeah. It is a good point. I mean, I, we can't forget that there are still these huge employers that are mandating it to their employees without cause, really. A hundred percent. And uh, some of the worst are unionized environments. And here's the problem, Natasha, with few exceptions. And our wonderful colleague, T Tamara Ugolini, um, did a wonderful commentary on uh, the Hamilton Transit Union, Local 107, I believe, that was actually going to bat for the unvaccinated members. But Shocking. whether you're private or public sector unions, um, Unifor, one of the worst, um, they are saying to their members, yeah, we're simpatical with management here. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell am I paying union dues yeah. for if you're just a, an extension of uh, the arm of management? What is motivating unions when it comes to them, uh, Natasha, throwing the rank and file under the bus? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I don't I don't understand. I, I really don't understand this decision because um, unions are, from my understanding, are supposed to be for the people. Yeah. Uh, but then again, so is our government, and we know that they haven't really proven that uh, recently. I, I must be politics. It's all politics it, at this point. You know what? And, and I'm still trying to uh, square that circle. And the reason <laughs> I'm really concerned about unionized folks is the fact, uh, Natasha, that if you are a member of a union as part of the collective bargaining agreement, you have given up so many labor law rights when mm -hmm. it comes to filing a wrongful termination. If you go to a labor lawyer, the first question they ask you when you have a, a wrongful termination uh, complaint, are you unionized or non-unionized? Because if you're unionized, almost always, sorry, there's the door. I can't help you. Wow. And that's you know, and and I so whether you're with Air Canada, uh, whether you're with one of the uh, big automakers, um, you not only are terminated uh, with cause or suspended with cause and not eligible for uh, EI, but you can't seek restitution in the courts. Wow. I, that that's incredible. Um, I also can't really reconcile the fact that some of these companies have now dropped their vaccine mandate and are <laughs> asking employees to come back. Like, what a weird, what would you do if you were terminated and then you were offered your job back? Like, hey, yeah, just come back. Like, that's, that's 
crazy. Oh, look at the shortage in nursing right now. Yeah. The so-called frontline heroes, and they were, became frontline zeros yeah. the moment the vaccine was invented. And now I understand they're being courted. Hey, let's uh, forgive and forget. Oh and, my uh, you know, well, I would want a an apology and uh, a little do re me because uh, uh, you made things tough for me. It is absolutely despicable. And, and a, it, a promise that they won't do it again. Oh, you know, like how can we how can they prove this won't happen again in the fall? Well, you know, that's a very good point, Natasha. I spoke to somebody who was I don't think we ever did a video on it, but I spoke on the phone with a long term care facility mm-hmm. uh, person who was, I think, in a supervisor role. She started her career at 18. Uh, she has worked now for more. I think it was 23 years stellar record, didn't want to get the jabs. And she asked her employer, um, I'll get the, because basically it was get the jabs or no job. Mm -hmm. And she said, if you give me a letter, right, guaranteeing that if there's any adverse effects, that uh, you will be responsible for that. You you know you will will pay the cost of recovery, the treatment, what have you. and guess what? The answer was no. So it's kind of like, trust us, but we're not going to put it in writing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And she's out of her job. So there you go. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Well, why don't we talk about the federal leadership uh, campaign? Uh, we saw last night Roman uh, Baber, the mm-hmm. Ontario MPP, who was turfed um, for not going along with the Doug Ford uh, lockdown mandates. Um, Apparently, uh, like Home on the Range, that song, seldom is heard a discouraging word. And if it's heard at Queen's Park, Sheriff Ford will kick you out of caucus. So uh, good for Roman. Um, I understand, um, and this was a surprise, uh, we got into his little press conference Mm -hmm. last night in North York. I believe it was uh, Dakota. Dakota. And Isabel yeah. that went there. And there's a surprise because we've been trying, myself, uh, Tamara Ugolini, uh, to interview Roman Baber. But he seems to be of the mindset that he doesn't want to get too close with Rebel because he's courting the mainstream media. Well, listen, Roman, I know you won't come on camera with me, but those mainstream media people, they hate you. Yeah. They hate the fact that you are anti-lockdown. And um, But uh, maybe he's seen the light or perhaps the gatekeeper last night was asleep at the switch, didn't recognize uh, Dakota and Isabel. But uh, there's some video. And, uh, you know, in terms of the lockdowns, I got to tell you, um, I'm completely simpatico, uh, Natasha, as is the other staff members here at Rebel with his um, stance on being anti-lockdown. How bizarre he would be so standoffish to us and our 1.6 million YouTube followers. Yeah, also kind of interesting that he was booted out of the the PC party and yet he's running as a conservative now. I find that interesting. I guess those wounds have healed. I don't know. You know it's kind of interesting, though. There's many dichotomies. And it was funny. He was anti-lockdown, yet he supported... Um, 
uh, Melissa Lantzman as the candidate for the Conservative Party in Thornhill. And that's notable, folks, because Melissa Lantzman had the nickname Lockdown Lantzman. One of her clients was Walmart, and she went to uh, Doug Ford and made damn sure that, oh, I don't know, just like the LCBO, uh, Walmart wasn't going to shut down for a single day. And yet, so Roman Baber is anti-lockdown. Why does he throw his support with someone with the nickname Lockdown Lance? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like best practices there, Roman. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. Do you think he'll have a successful campaign? Because we were talking about this earlier, some of us other rebels, and he has a bit of a fan base here in Ontario, but I, I don't think a lot of people outside of Ontario really know who he is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this is a legitimate race uh, for the leadership mm-hmm. of the Conservative Party. It, it's tonight, isn't it? It in Alberta that um, Jean Charest okay. is officially, or was that last night? I think it's tonight. I mean, we know, it's it's the worst kept secret that he will be uh, running for the Conservative Party leadership, and he's announcing it in Calgary. Uh, by the way, what's the over underline on whether or not he'll be wearing a cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> Should be a requirement. I want to see that. <laughs> I, I'm betting the ranch that he's going to wear a Stetson. You know, uh, hey y'all, I'm one of you. Well, not really. You were a, a premier in Quebec as a member of the Liberal Party. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Does this not speak volumes of where we are um, in terms of the kind of people that are leading this party, Natasha, that this guy can't pick a lane? Uh, It seems that being a liberal provincially and a conservative federally are the same thing. Yeah, I think it's all about the paycheck at the end of the day. Like he just wants to make a career out of this, I'm assuming, and just, you know, get his money. I think it's all about the doom strategy Hmm. that we saw Aaron O'Toole and Andrew Scheer pursue, which is bend the knee to the Laurentian elites, bend the knee to the mainstream media, and hopefully they will vote for you. But they won't. Um, no. Why would you vote liberal light when you can get liberal classic with Justin Trudeau? It's it's funny. Like Even going back to Roman, as you said, about um, kind of playing the mainstream media's game like why are we why are we bending a knee to these people who like hate us yeah. like it's you you won't win it's a losing battle and you'd think the conservatives after two years of lockdowns and seeing that um kind of narrative shift more towards freedom that they yeah. would be pandering to people who are actually aligned with the conservative values a hundred percent and what i'm afraid of because I think we've been so snake bitten in the last two or mm-hmm. three years, uh, Natasha, is candidates proclaiming, like Shear, like O'Toole, like Doug Ford, like Jason Kenney, so whether it's provincial or federal, that they are true blue conservatives. And once they get leadership of the party or power in office, suddenly they're red Tories. Mm-hmm. So um, as much as I love uh, Pierre, mm-hmm. um, and I like what he's saying, and I think he's probably the front, writer, uh, front runner, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be surprised if he too goes that route, um, that the inner circle of handlers, and God, I hope the likes of a Corey Hahn isn't part of that uh, team, uh, gets them to drift over to um, courting the, the Laurentian elites. I hope um, the likes of a Pierre is gonna be true blue when and if he's leader. No, I, I agree. I do think that we can't blame it all on the leadership. I think this is, to the core of the party. And I think a lot of people are just too excited to have Pierre potentially be prime minister, that they're going to forget 
what happened, but the because the conservative party has failed to stand up for us these two years. They have. Yeah. Where have they been? And uh, until the truckers convoy, we hadn't really heard any of them speak out about any of these things. So it's, I don't know. I'm I feel a bit hesitant to to trust any of yeah. these people. And I think it's important to be critical. A hundred percent. Like I said, uh, you can only put your hand in that basket so many times and get bitten by that rattler <laughs> before you have that uh, enlightened moment where, you know what, I think I'm going to put gloves on. Um, and uh, by the way, um, I smell a rat that might be entering the race, maybe as soon as tomorrow. <laughs> Folks, I can't believe it, but sneaky Patrick Brown, the mayor of Brampton, uh, there's a lot of chatter that he uh, could be entering this race. This would be an unmitigated disaster <laughs> for the Conservative Party. And I don't say that in terms of the personal baggage I have with uh, sneaky Patrick Brown. But just for those of you who might not be familiar with the mayor of Brampton, the man who would have been premier, if not, thank God, for a palace coup in January of 2018, um, Let's see what this says about his character. We go back um, to 2020 when Patrick Brown shut down all the playgrounds, all the soccer fields and cricket pitches and baseball diamonds for the kids in Brampton, hired a security team to rat them out to buy law enforcement. Oh, but meanwhile, did Patrick Brown go out playing with his buddies? Check out this footage. <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't showed up yet. Oh, okay, he does play here though, right? He does. Oh, okay, then that, that confirms it. of the building? Oh, yeah? Yeah, we can't have people just randomly coming in here. Oh, why is that? I see a whole bunch of hockey players playing a game, sir. Rented the ice. Well, folks, um, we're getting the bums rush, but <laughs> holy mackerel, I think I see Patrick Brown himself. Oh, hey, how you doing? Mr. Brown, right? David Manzi's a rebel news. You're in a, you're in a city facility? What's that? You're in a city facility? Yeah, so are yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so are you yeah. playing hockey here? Or? No, I'm just coming to check in our facility. So okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna you're check you. You're, you're not supposed to be here, actually. Okay. We were told that uh, you play pickup here. Mr. Brown, how come uh, the kids in Brampton can only practice sports, but your buddies can play hockey? Yeah, so... Um, I don't know why um, you are harassing people in the city of Brampton, but you shouldn't be. Oh, oh who's harassing yeah. who? You, your, your guy handed out 122 bylaw violations in one week. Mr. Brown, why is there a hockey game going on in this arena? I thought you're only allowed to uh, practice sports, not play them. And who is paying the $1,000 a day, Mr. Brown, for this rink? Mr. Brown, are these taxpayer dollars being used for your buddies to play hockey on this rink? Or are you paying it? Or perhaps Waleed Solomon? So Mr. Brown, why is it one law for me and one law for thee in this city? Terrible parking job. <laughs> Mr. Brown?
you know, how beautiful would it have been, Natasha, for that Mercedes SUV not to turn over? It sounded like there were some engine issues there. Um, but here's the thing, folks. Based on that, is this the face of the person you want to be the conservative leader? Is this the man that you think has the right stuff to be prime minister? This lying liar, this crying crybaby, this shameless skirt chaser, is this who you want? His hockey bag is in the rink. It has his name and number on it. Double zero, by the way, Natasha. Uh, so there was a little truth in advertising. And yet, what is he saying? Um, he was there to inspect the arena because, of course, being the mayor of the city, um, that's what's expected of them to don an Armani suit and go down and check the Maskless. Freon levels and uh, the oil uh, levels of the Zamboni. Uh, can you believe this guy, how shameless he is? No, I cannot believe it. And I think my biggest take away from this video was if he can't even park a car, he's supposed to lead our country? No thanks, Patrick. No thanks. Is that not the ultimate douchebag move to take up two spaces? Yeah. Um, it, it, that too speaks of entitlement on the roads. And you know, I can tell you folks, the lying just continued. Uh, this is such a liar. Natasha, if Patrick Brown uh, were to spit in your face, he'd tell you it's raining, okay? Um, <laughs> but he said on um, Twitter, I believe it was, that I uh, falsely identified myself that I was with Maple Leafs TV. Now, first of all, you heard me, I'm sure, uh, say David Menzies, Rebel, Rebel News. News. The mic flash yes. says Rebel News. And you know what, Patrick, when you are crafting a lie, because this is what happens to compulsive liars, they mm -hmm. get trapped by their lies. There never, there isn't or never was a Maple Leafs TV. There was <laughs> Leafs TV, and that got rebranded as Leafs Nation TV. Maple Leafs TV, no, that's just a figment of your decrepit brain. So um, I, again, you want to, if you're creating an alibi for yourself, and I got to tell you, we, we never did a, a video on this, but it was in... There's a magazine out in the, uh, an online magazine, I think it's called The Pointer, okay. in the Brampton area, and they do great work. And they followed through on the integrity commissioner um, uh, examination of Patrick Brown. Yes. And folks, I kid you not. First of all, when Mayor Brown became uh, mayor of Brampton, and this was very, uh, very much an astute move on his part, <laughs> although it's slimy beyond words, he appointed a personal friend as the new integrity commissioner. And she went through all the footage, the complaints, everything. And the only thing she found him in violation of was not wearing a mask in a city facility. <laughs> there you go. Exoneration. You know, so look at that. There's the evidence. Double zero, Patrick Brown. I wonder who picked up that bag, uh, given that he uh, he ran for the hills as soon as he <laughs> saw us, right? But um, so the, as they say in Vegas, folks, the fix is in. When Patrick Brown crosses the line, no problem. The integrity commissioner, personal friend. And uh, I don't even know if there was any kind of financial penalty for not wearing a mask. It was really just... Um, Come on, Mr. Mayor, right. do better next time. But you have to ticket everyone else. Oh, big Make time. Make sure they pay. But, big time. But you're, you're exempt. Yeah, nice. so I, well, here I'll ask you, um, what do you think the odds are that he could be uh, a potential leader 
for the conservative party, which, um, and folks, by the way, I don't want you to think this is personal. In January 2018, as I referred to, he was uh, the victim of a palace coup. And this was just months before the June election. And the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario frog marched them out of uh, Queen's Park. I'll never forget that. It was like that Cersei walk of shame from Game oh, of Thrones, no. right? <laughs> shame, shame down the back entrance of the legislature building into a salt-stained minivan. Oh, death, where is thy sting? And the reason for that, folks, is that when Patrick Brown was running as leader, and it goes to what we were talking about before, Natasha, he was a friend to the social conservatives. And as soon as he became leader, he threw the social conservatives under the bus. You're not needed here. Then, inexplicably, he threw the fiscal conservatives under the bus because his first agenda in becoming premier, he announced at the Canadian club, was that he was going to introduce an Ontario carbon tax. I can tell you the crowd, the silence was deafening until one guy in the back went, no! So when he ran out of conservatives to throw under the bus, the party threw him under oh the bus goodness. because they realized we might blow this thing uh, even with Kathleen Wynne's uh, record. So surely, please, I'm looking for some selfish Insurance here, Natasha. Please tell me this is a no hoper candidate. I think like a hundred million percent because those who vote conservative, even those who maybe hadn't prior, but given everything that's happened in the pandemic, have kind of shifted uh, center right, are looking for a conservative leader. They mm -hmm. need someone who is actually an opposition to the Liberals and the NDP. And he's already Patrick Brown has kind of already said that he wants to be more center he wants yeah. to and that's just not what conservatives are looking for right now no. i don't think so I, I really think that it's going to be all right david i i hope so <laughs> I, I believe me if he does become leader folks conservatives out there you will pine for the glory days of Aaron O'Toole and Patrick <laughs> Brown is leading this party and the second thing is so what is the unspoken strategy here's what i'm thinking mm -hmm. it's he knows he doesn't really have a chance but it's about raising his profile. And maybe he'll run again as a Barry MP. That's what he used to be. Uh, he has absolutely nothing to do with Brampton. This is a guy that seeks power for the reason of seeking power, folks. I mean, when he was running for mayor, oh my good, look at that. And look at, look who his poster is. You, uh, I mean, back in the day, I think I had Farrah Fawcett Majors or the Fonz from Happy Days, but it's Jean Charest uh, as, uh, as Patrick Brown. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who he's chatting with, for goodness sakes. But um, his mom, uh, maybe his mom. Yeah. Uh, but but golly. Um, and by the way, if he was such a supporter of Charest. Uh, back then, whenever that photo was taken, then why is he coming into the race to throw a spanner in the works with his idol? Um, that's who I assume you put, you know, posters up on your wall. Have you ever put the poster of a politician on your wall? No. <laughs> no. Although I did have that Trump poster that I was hanging in my office, but then I handed that over to you. But you that, know what? Other than that, I will make an exemption yeah. for that, indeed. <laughs> so uh, to close my thought on Patrick Brown, this is about raising his profile, I think. And, you know, folks, I'm not kidding you. When he ran for the mayor of Brampton, which is, you know, an hour and a half away from his real stomping grounds, Barry. Hmm. Uh, he has no connection with it. And on the, the hustings, 
Many times, Patrick Brown referred to the city of Brampton as Barry. <laughs> so what does that tell you? I don't, I think when you get the city name wrong, uh, where you're right, I, like, how sincere are you? Oh, uh, no, that's bad. Not a good look, Patrick. Well, yeah, not, not at all. All righty, so... Um, you know, uh, again, uh, we're, we're almost uh, getting to um, the end of the racetrack here. First of all, we should find out, do we have any more uh, chats? Super Chats? Yeah, great idea. Yes, all right. All right, this is from Georgie Georgie. Thank you for your dollar. Hey guys, will you guys be hosting Rebel events soon? Well, there is a democracy fund event. Yeah, next, next week. week. The 15th, I believe, Natasha? I believe so, yeah. oh, the 16th, I think. Can we pull that up? Yeah, just to show people because there's still tickets available. Yeah. And I'll tell you, folks, don't wait around too long. These uh, we've had, what, three already? Yeah, and they've so. all sold out. Haven't yeah, and they? this time we have Dennis Prager and Amala Ekpunobi and Dr. Julie Panessi. So it's going to be a great one. I mean, everyone loves Prager U. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be a really fruitful event talking about censorship, civil liberties, the good stuff y'all love. You know, just for Dr. Panessi, she's worth the oh, price of yes. admission. But with her guests uh, that night, yeah. uh, what a uh, star-studded show. Definitely. And you can buy your tickets uh, to watch via Zoom or to go in person to the Canada, Canada Christian College. And tickets are only $10. So, you know, that's like a Starbucks drink, really. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that venue... It is run uh, by our uh, good friend, uh, Dr. Charles McVitie. I'm telling you folks, I think this is one of the most, if not the most, technologically rich venues yeah, to stunning. see these speakers. I mean, it. I felt with the introductions, with the smoke, the lights, yeah. the music, I thought it was, I was like a, a WWE show, yes, Natasha. Or like a basketball like championship. Oh, it was amazing. It is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So uh, good on Charles for uh, being part of uh, creating that venue. So there's your answer. Any more chats there, uh, Mrs. Producer Olivia? Oh yeah, we are. This is from Annalisa1964. <laughs> Thank you for your $10. Hello, sweet Menzi. Ooh, oh my hello. goodness. Is that my Me Too moment virtually? <laughs> oh my. Should we She's call so HR? Nice. <laughs> Annalisa, I hope one day I get to meet you because you are so super nice. Much more nice than you should be. <laughs> so, I think we have but, a couple more chats okay, here to get then. through. <laughs> this is from Cushy1124. Thank you for your $5. The best part of how happy Patrick looked to be interviewed until he heard you were from Rebel. Uh, that's funny. Guarantee he wouldn't have an issue if you were Leafs TV, the hypocrisy. Well, you know, Rebel News, we like to show you guys the other side of the story and ask those tough questions. And I think politicians just don't like that. You know what, uh, Patrick Brown, if you or one of your spies is watching this live stream, I'm going to throw out that offer again. I'll dust off the pads, get onto the ice. We'll have a little one-on-one -on -one loser leaves Canada. How about that? You think he'll go for that? <laughs> Jeez, what if I let the go? I was going to say, what if you lose? No. I'm going to veto that idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we have one more chat here. All right. This is from Johnston666. Thank you for your $1. David is damn hilarious and his reporting in his reporting on P. Brown. Can you guys meet up again? He probably misses you, David. Yeah. Well, you know what? I can tell you, sir, 
we did meet up again in that um, summer of 2020. We kept going back to the rink just to show you what a coward Patrick Brown was. He started changing the days and times in which <gasps> uh, he was uh, playing oh pickup. But there's so many people in his city that hate him. We were always being informed of the new information. <laughs> and in September of 2020, um, as he and his Barry buddies were playing hockey, in a city facility while the kids of Brampton were locked out of uh, all the playgrounds and sports facilities, the police were called. And it was something like, I think, four or five cruisers. Security um, came as well. And I was arrested, handcuffed, stuffed in a cruiser. I wasn't even in the rink, folks. I was on the parking lot of a taxpayer-funded recreation facility, the Earnscliffe Center, I do believe. Mm -hmm. And just recently, guess what? Uh, we won our case in court. The Crown uh, prudently decided, thanks to the advice of our wonderful Ottawa lawyer, David Amber, that there was no reasonable grounds of prosecution, so the charges were dropped. Rebel wins, Brown loses yet again. And thank goodness, because Forget about the fine, forget about something on my record, et cetera. If we have a society, and it comes back to what this is all about, the, mm -hmm. the, the freedom passport. If we have a society in which you walk on a taxpayer-funded parking lot to practice journalism, and that's a crime, while the real crime is going on indoors, at least a bylaw crime, that's a very sad situation, Natasha. That's a scary situation. For like, sure. You know, it just speaks to how our gov rules for thee, not for me, right? A hundred percent. Which we've seen throughout the pandemic. Yes. Um, quite endlessly. <laughs> it is an ongoing theme. And I think, you know, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, Natasha, I think there really should be royal commission struck to investigate how governments worked during this pandemic, mm -hmm. um, bureaucracies worked, and most importantly of all, how chief medical health officers worked in terms of shutting down businesses, throwing people out of work. And I base this on the hypocrisy of it all. In Toronto, November 2020, the Adamson Barbecue, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Cruella de Villa in Toronto decided, oh no, uh, Adam Skelly, you can't operate a barbecue restaurant when literally 300 or so meters down the road was a Costco cooking up their food. Nothing to see here, folks. I think there has to be a day of reckoning, almost mm -hmm. like a truth and reconciliation commission. Yeah, justice definitely does need to be served. Um, and hopefully the next leader of the Conservative Party can help serve that justice. And hopefully it won't be served at the Times Square Diner because you'll need a Vax Pass to get in <laughs> to chew down on that. Right now, uh, you'll have to settle for today's special uh, COVID Karen on a bun with Ooh. fries. Doesn't you know. <laughs> sound good to me. <laughs> oh, so, we have one more chat here. Fantastic. Uh, this is from Bill CF7. Thank you for your dollar. Uh, David, does Brown have to resign as mayor to run for, I guess, uh, leader of the Conservative Party. Uh, I th I, you know what? That's a great question. And um, I'm going to look into it. I'm not going to spread fake news mm -hmm. uh, because the convention is September 10th, you know, to for yes. the Conservatives that weekend to choose a leader. The um, municipal elections this year, 2022 in Ontario, I believe are in October, right? So if he flames out, 
I should say, when he flames out, um, would he still be allowed uh, to run? I, I think you can take, you know, and I'm not sure, but what do you think, uh, Natasha? Can you recuse yourself uh, a temporary leave of absence without giving up your gig? Yeah, this is a bit outside of my scope. I'm not too I'm not too sure either, but it's definitely worth looking into. OK. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I. I my if I had to bet, if I was a gambling man, and I am, <laughs> I would say uh, he can keep his gig because there's no way I could see Patrick Brown making that kind of a sacrifice. And we have some, uh, some a couple more, more chats okay. there. Yeah, two more here, I think. I think they're just having a little. So, there, oh, there we, we go. go. From Fraser McBurney, thank you for your $5. Thank you. Facts are no matter who becomes leader of the Conservative Party, the Conservatives are at best a Liberal Party. That's fair. Yeah, I think under uh, Scheer and O'Toole, um, it was, they drifted left of center mm -hmm. 100%. Um, that's why I think we need a populist. That's why we need mm -hmm. a, a really a true blue Conservative. and. Isn't the proof in the pudding, Natasha? The last two times, despite all the scandal in Justin Trudeau's closet, right? From blackface to how he handled SNC-Lavalin to Gropegate, uh, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. Neither Scheer nor O'Toole could oust this guy from office. Um, so the proof is in the pudding. Like I said, you can't go liberal light. It doesn't work. No. No, especially now, I think, like I said earlier, as we've seen from the convoy, people have, people really want a conservative leader, like a true conservative. And I think I think that's what the people deserve at this point, too. I agree. And also more proof in that proverbial pudding, folks, look at how well in terms of, of a percentage of a vote that the People's Party of Canada mm -hmm. did. Now, granted, they didn't get a single uh, MP elected. And, and I was kind of surprised because I thought there was a good chance that Maxine, Maxine Bernier would uh, reclaim Beauce, Quebec. Uh, it wasn't to be. But still, uh, especially with those in the mainstream media, this was shocking, yeah. uh, the increase in percentage. And I can tell you, if Aaron O'Toole was echoing some of the planks of uh, uh, Maxime Bernier, for example, defunding the CBC, mm -hmm. which he would approach like the third rail in a transit system. It'd be way too uh, controversial for him. Those percentage points, those votes could have gone to him, yeah. but he sacrificed it. Yeah, I think especially because he didn't have a very bold stance on the vaccine passports. Like he was very wishy-washy about that. And I think that that anchored a lot of people, rightfully so. Well, he was wishy-washy on everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he uh, he did more uh, flip-flops than the dolphin at Marineland, okay? <laughs> I mean, uh, and seriously, he was against the Liberals' gun grab. And then he pivoted on that. Mm -hmm. I support it. He was against a client, a carbon tax. Yep. And then he pivoted on that. So who are you voting for? Right. And by every benchmark, folks, the number of votes, um, the percentage of votes, the number of MPs elected in the um, uh, greater Toronto area and the 905, Aaron O'Toole failed, mm -hmm. you know, compared to um uh, Mr. Shear. So um, again, do we want to go down that road a third time? That's the definition of insanity. Yeah, learn from your mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> learn from your mistakes. <laughs>
And we have another one, uh, Mr. Pr no, no, okay. okay. We're, we're, and, and by the way, I should check. Whoa, look at that. It flew by so quickly. Was it good for you? Oh, it was fine. It was lots of fun, David. <laughs> well, you were a wonderful replacement for uh, <laughs> Sheila Gunn-Reed and Natasha. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And um, uh, Sheila and I will be back on Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Uh, there will be two other rebels to be determined later, as they say in uh, Major League Sports trades for tomorrow. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I especially want to thank all those who threw a couple of quid our way to keep mm -hmm. these uh, bright lights on in the meantime folks as always stay sane your grandpa was a great man he fought for the freedoms and rights you hold in your hand never take them for granted keep your freedom passport close remember son grandpa did this for you Freedoms. Get your freedom passport today.